Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the 260th edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. In Nashville, Tennessee, I'm the Professor Emeritus, Matt Perkins. And a comeback route across the Harpeth River from me here in the Music City, it's our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton. What's up, guys? Um, I think uh, with all these, uh, Matt, you and I were talking off air, and I think with all these recent head coaching hires, I think I'm next in line at, uh, at Northwest Louisiana State. Could be worse. You could be going to uh, the Delta Devils in uh, Mississippi Valley State. I could be, but uh, Jerry Rice is going there. So, yeah. yeah. Apparently, he's, I mean that's the, that's that's the trend. He's a tad bit more successful than I am. Uh, in the coaching levels, I'm not so sure. Maybe not. Maybe not. Well, we can't get into talking about any of that without the third amigo in the second city, a man who only got vaccinated so he can go to Jimmy Buffett concerts this summer. It's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook. Uh, there's one in Nashville this summer that uh, looks intriguing. I know. You're going to be here for it, and uh, th- we're going to have a, a live pod from the show. <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking about it's coaching be a whole changes. Bunch, it's going to be a whole bunch of Josh singing uh, Margaritaville. There we go. Speaking about yeah. coaching changes, did anyone catch the Ole Miss uh, spring game? Uh, apparently it was not good for the offensive line because uh, they canned their offensive line coach right after the spring game, which is strange because they led the SEC in rushing last year. Yeah, Coach, you're our SEC expert. Uh, give us the nitty-gritty. I know you've got some inside sources there in uh, the Kiff <laughs> camp. The, the, kid, the, the lanes range just started rolling, and uh, the dude didn't get off the track, so, you know. <laughs> Yeah, he tied him up on the tracks like he was a damsel in distress in an old west. Exactly. Well, uh, gentlemen, uh, before we get into it, we want to remind you that we are brought to you by our presenting sponsor, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place your bets and it's free to sign up so head on over to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts gents fcs playoffs uh started this past weekend let's get into it guys uh we had eight games some blowouts some uh, really, really tight affairs. We will start with the number one overall seed, uh, number one overall seed, I should say, South Dakota State. Uh, they dispatched with the Crusaders of Holy Cross uh, without issue, thirty-one to three. A just uh, a, a dominant performance, especially on the ground, Josh, for the Jackrabbits, two hundred and eighty-one yards as a team uh, that they basically ran for uh, eight and a half yards per carry. That is going to make it a long day for any team trying to defend it. Yeah, I mean a scary one-two punch. You know, what do you what do you like of a championship team? A reliable offensive element. The Jackrabbits have proved all year that they can run the ball, and the old cliche: defense wins championships. And I know, I know it's a four seed in the region. I know it's the lowest seed in the tournament, 
but they held Holy Cross to three points, under 200 total yards. Uh, just a dominant performance. Yeah, I coach. Mean, I mean, it's there's not much you can say about this one. I mean, they just from the word go, they dominated, and they, you know, they they weren't gonna, you know, they weren't gonna be denied. I, I think the Jackrabbits are focused they're poised to 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 go far in these playoffs i think they i think they see the light at the end of the tunnel i think they see opportunity and and i'll be damned if they didn't cash in on it yeah they they cashed in on a big time Uh, this was probably the most uneventful game of the weekend one of the most eventful games north dakota state or not north dakota state north dakota had a pretty uneventful game that's true. We'll get to that in a little bit. But on the other, on the other, uh, the other matchup in this side of the bracket uh, was, I would say the biggest upset of the weekend. Josh, Welcome I don't know if you would agree with me there. A um, whoa! Whoa! Virtual tour. What was the virtual yeah, tour? Virtual that, tour. Hey, uh, I guess I guess uh, I, I was uh, pr- I was preparing my main minute. Uh, <laughs> the University of New England in Bidford, Maine. Uh, Biddeford. Biddeford, not Bidford. Biddeford. They have Bid- three syllables, not two. Biddeford, <laughs> Biddeford, Biddeford. Yes, uh, it's probably more exciting than the South Dakota State game, anyway. So, so you would stick out there uh, about as much as Jefferson Davis did when he lived in uh, what was the name of the town last weekend, Josh? It's already escaped from my mind. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know whether to say thank you or punch you in the face for comparing uh, who's me to, to Jefferson say you can't Davis. do both. Who's to say you can't do both? I'm yeah. not comparing you to Jefferson Davis. I'm just saying that uh, y'all talk alike. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, I see. Um, on the other, on the other, uh, the other matchup in this quadrant of the bracket pitted Southern Illinois and Weber State, and for my money, this is probably the biggest upset of the weekend. Uh, Southern Illinois heading out to uh, heading out to uh, the great state of Utah. And beating Weber State in their place, thirty-four to thirty-one. Now, one of the one, one of the big reasons that they were able to do this was because they picked off Bronson Barron twice, mm-hmm. and were you know, I mean, yes, the turnover margin was equal for these two teams, but they picked them off at really, really crucial junctures of the game um early on in uh they actually picked him off on the first drive of the entire game when uh weber state was in the red zone of southern illinois and then again near the end of the second quarter when they were uh when they've been matriculating the ball down the field nicely and were looking poised to score again and really prevents Weber State from, you know, had they not had those two picks and they had gone on to score in that those drives, I think we're looking at Weber State running away with it in the first half. Um, um, uh, otherwise, what happens is that Southern Illinois is able to come back and make a, get a late, late touchdown uh, uh, on uh, on fourth and six, uh, fourth and sixth from the Weber State eight-yard line. Uh, Stone Labanovitz, which is a phenomenal name for a quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, throws a touchdown to Branson Combs to put them up 34-31 to 31 with only 51 seconds left in the game. And that was all that she wrote. Josh, what stood out to you in this one? 
Well, Weber's been one of the weirdest teams in all FCS. They were expected to win their conference. They did. They were expected to be in position for a national title. And they made the playoffs and had a home game. So they were kind of in position, but their undefeated season was not terribly impressive. We talked about it last show that they were having a bunch of close games. They just weren't dominating anybody. And I think you sort of see that, you know, they, they jump out to that 14 to seven lead after the first quarter and then turn around and give it right back up. And it's 17, 21 at halftime. Um, they had the interceptions that you mentioned. They also missed a field goal. Uh, they had the late touchdown drive that you mentioned, but a couple things from earlier in that drive, uh, they were facing a uh, you know second and 12. They'd gotten Southern behind the chains. What do they do? Give up a 14-yard pass play. And then they've got the Salukis behind the chain again. Second and 15. They give up a five-yard pass play, and then it's third and ten. It's like, all right, this is winning time. Personal foul. Advances the ball, obviously, and the drive continues. So they just, I feel like they never played a complete game. And, um, you know, we, we've talked about how some of the teams like the Paladins down there in Furman just were off all year. Um. I think Weber might be also in that camp, and, and I'm sure some people are saying, well, they went 5-0 and and won their conference. How could they be off? The Big Wet or the Big Sky was weird this year. A bunch of teams didn't play. Uh, Missouri, uh, Montana, their biggest competition, along with Eastern Washington, didn't play this year. So it was a strange season for them, and when they finally were faced with real competition from a really good conference... They just weren't up to it. And I think there's a reason why both Eastern Washington and Weber both lost in the first round of this tournament and coincidentally both lost to Missouri Valley football conference teams. Yeah, I mean, you know, that there's that you hit the nail right on the head with that. I mean, the the lack of competition is what killed them and it just took away their ability to close out games. I mean, they had Southern Illinois on the ropes. And they just couldn't deliver that knockout blow. They kept turning the ball over in crucial situations. And then they just, you know, whenever they had chances to get momentum, they either turned it over or they stalled. They couldn't get things going. They, it just didn't seem like they were on all cylinders all the time. I mean, they had some great moments. If you look at their season, they had some great moments that helped them win five games and go undefeated. But if you put the whole package together – the result is what you got against Southern Illinois. They let them back off the mat, and Southern Illinois is a team that if you let them into the game, they're going to knock you out. They're going to win those type of games because week in and week out in the Missouri Valley Conference, they have to fight and claw for everything that they get. They had to bulldoze their way into the playoffs, just like just like Missouri State, just like North Dakota State, just like North Dakota, just like South Dakota State, they had to. The road they had to go through was way tougher than the road than the Big Sky. And no offense to the Big Sky, it's just that kind of year. Your biggest, you know, Cal State, terrible. Um, 
no, Caltech or um, Poly. Poly. There you go. I <laughs> see. I don't even know the teams. That's 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 how weak they are. Um, Davis, see, my team was an yeah. uh, was an under uh, they un- underachiever under- this they year. Yeah, Eastern Washington sure. is, was not as Idaho. strong as they normally are. Uh-huh. Idaho, Idaho was, was bad. they were yeah. bad. So Northern Arizona is nothing to write home about. The Montana no. teams didn't play. Yeah. Obviously, the Bengals at state aren't nearly the program that the Grizz are, but. You mean the Bengals of Cincinnati? Oh, wait. No, <laughs> well, they, they, the uh, I mean, they, the Bengals of Cincinnati might have done about just as well. No. Yeah. Um, but no, l- l- let's move forward and talk about this, this uh, you know, I, I guess regional final matchup in the Elite Eight, if you will. Uh, two teams from the Missouri Valley Football Conference. It's a rematch of a game that took place earlier this year that South Dakota State um, f- just absolutely thumped Jackrabbits thumped the Salukis 44 to three at, at Southern Illinois. This game is going to be at South Dakota state. Josh, any reason to think that there is going to be any different outcome than we saw when this game was played about a month, a little over a month ago. I think there's a few things, uh, you know, first of all, um, for the Salukis, their game against South Dakota State the first time around came in an unbroken string of games. Um, they played the February 20th, 27th, March 6th, March 13th, and then March 20th. That was unprecedented for this year. For the spring season, definitely for, is. For getting in that many games in a row unbroken. Uh, I think there could have been some fatigue in that. Uh, there was obviously some glaring deficiencies. They couldn't pass the ball worth a lick. They had uh, just nine passing attempts for 41 yards uh, and a pick. So there was offensive inefficiencies. Um, You know, they played a lot better the following week against Missouri State. Then they had two games canceled, came out, looked pretty good against Southeast Louisiana, and then obviously came out and looked really good against Weber. So I think that they are more rested. Uh, I mentioned the interception that was one of four Suluki turnovers in that opening game. Um, really hard to win this sport, gentlemen, when you have that many turnovers. You know, spoiler alert, John, yeah. John Madden, John Madden moment right there. So, you know, if Southern Illinois just hangs onto the ball, the complexion of the game might be different. Do they face long odds? Yeah, you, you better believe it. I mean, South Dakota State's the number one team in the tournament for a reason. Uh, they'll probably be getting pretty... Uh, uh, favorable odds there, the Salukis, if you're looking for an upset at our friends at Bet Online. But um, I, I just think that the this the first game was too long ago to really learn much from it. Yeah, I, I, I definitely see what you're saying, Coach. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think there's enough time. They have film. They, you know, they've got experience playing against South Dakota State, um, and and I, I think it's going to be a lot different. You know, the, both teams are red hot. Uh, the, the Salukis are extremely scrappy. So this is going to be far from an easy game for, for the Jackrabbits. So I, I would pick this one in a close game. I, I would, you know, if it's a big spread, I would likely go with the points. But, you know, I, I think with, you know, Southern Illinois, they clean up a few of those mistakes, as Josh said, and this is a completely different ball game. They If Southern Illinois gets off to the same start they did against Weber, then 
maybe after the first quarter you could be looking at blowout. But I think if they they got to start faster, and it's just the familiarity with the opponent. I think plays you know plays up to an advantage. Well, not necessarily an advantage, but you know I think it plays well into uh, South or actually plays well into each other's um, favor. So you know I think it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a competitive one for sure. I think the talent gap between the two teams is a bigger concern if you're a Southern Illinois fan than what happened several months ago. Yeah, I, I think that if you look position to position, Gronowski's going to be the best quarterback on the field. Uh, I think you could pick either of the two tailbacks uh, for South Dakota State, whether it's Strong or Davis, and say they're probably better than, than anyone Southern Illinois has. Jackson mm-hmm. Janke is one of my favorite receivers in all of FCS. So you're 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 looking at a at a serious serious talent gap there, Josh. A really good point out of you. Let's head down to uh, the next quadrant of the bracket uh, and start with the Sacred Heart Delaware game. I expected Delaware to look a little bit better than they did. This was a pretty pedestrian win for them over the Pioneers of Sacred Heart, nineteen to ten. You know nothing. Nothing too too crazy here. I mean, the first drive I thought when I when Delaware took it down and, and scored, I was like, "Well, this is going to be a blowout." Like, well, when, well, when you know when you get a on the first drive when you get a pick and then return it to the Sacred Heart seven. I mean, they only had to go seven <laughs> yards and get a touchdown. That's really not. It's uh, not impressive. But <laughs> I mean, it's not that it's not impressive. It's just that well, it's going to be uh, you know it's, it's going to be that kind of day. day. But yeah. I have to say. I was impressed with Sacred Heart's defense. They were really able to, I'm not going to say shut down, but they were able to shut down. I mean, Delaware they had made 200, life difficult. 200 total yards, 202 total yards. They they made Delaware life went two for 13 on third down. That is not mm-hmm. good, Josh, and they are going to have a much tougher test next week. But let's talk about this game well, first. Well, I mean, you know, I've I've been beating the Delaware drum. We all have. Uh, probably the loudest out of all three of us. Yeah, we all have been hitting it, but I, I probably was the first to this. Um, you know, let's give Sacred Hearts some credit. They played lights out. Um, I think that Delaware skated by with some talent. Uh, gap issues there. But um, if you're looking for a glass half full... Part of any playoff scenario is surviving and advancing. Mm -hmm. And Delaware played, without a doubt, their worst game of the entire year. You mentioned their pathetic yard total, 202 total yards. They were 2 of 13 on third down. And the Pioneer defense played a big part of that, but so did just poor execution by Delaware. It's going to be impossible to not be psyched up for a spot in the national semifinals, you are on the road. You're taking on the seeded team in your division. Um, Delaware should play a whole lot better, but uh, the scary should. thing is Jacksonville State looked really crisp. And this is concerning for Delaware because this is back-to-back weeks that they've looked pedestrian. They've struggled to execute, and then they've been. I don't want to say bad because they're not bad, but uh, you know they've had to find a way to win, which in a way is good. But in a way, when you're going up against a juggernaut like Jacksonville State, seems to be you, you better you better figure some stuff out because you know if you're not better on third down, 
your road's going to end there. And and I'm a little concerned now. I'm going to pump the brakes on Delaware a little bit. I, I was very excited about them because they played well all year long, and then they just hit a wall, it seemed like. And these last two games, Villanova, round two, and uh, Sacred Heart, just – I don't know. Defense, there's like a formula out there to stop them now. And I feel like that, you know, some teams are starting to figure that out. So I don't know. I I don't know what's going to happen in this quarterfinal game here. Um, But uh, it's definitely concerning. They've definitely got to get better production all around, obviously. They've got to be way better on third down, obviously. Um, And uh, they've got to start faster, obviously. Um, And they've got to be more consistent. Obviously, so obviously. a lot of a lot of obvious things for for Delaware. If you can't tell, but now the, the the one thing I will say is that they did a good job of holding Sacred Heart's rushing attack down. I mean, Sacred Heart averaged like three yards a carry, and that's what they're going to have to do against Jacksonville State. Defense carried Delaware, yes. Defense yeah, carried Delaware because Sacred Heart so, wasn't able to do much either. So let's talk about Jacksonville State. I mean, they mm-hmm. rolled Davidson. You know, a team we talked about from the Pioneer League. Obviously, they are a non-scholarship team, so they are definitely behind the eight ball when it comes to playing a team like Jacksonville State who's been a powerhouse for you know coming up on a decade now at the FCS level and they just you know they really had no answers offensively or defensively for the Gamecocks Jacksonville State just runs away with this one 49 to 14 so the they're if Cinderella season, the first ever tournament appearance, comes to an end, we should still tip our caps, though, to the Wildcats for, you know, one of the most successful seasons in school history, quite frankly. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, well, you know, talking about this game just real quick, um, I, I know the final score is completely lopsided, but when you actually look at the stats, it's surprising how out of hand the game got. Uh, Davidson had more first downs than Jacksonville State. Uh, They were pretty efficient on third down. They ran the ball really well, 202 total yards as a team. Uh, A nice Woody Hazeman-like three yards in the clock. I was going to say, it took them 64 64 carries to get to those 200 yards. That's okay. Hey, that's okay. You you do that four times, you get a first down. There's no harm in that. Uh, They had fewer penalties, so they were the more disciplined team. And they didn't have a turnover. Jacksonville State had two. So, um, you know, a lot to like about this season for Davidson. Um, I know, the, like I said, the final score got away from them, but uh, there are blowouts where you completely no-show and you don't even try. And then there are blowouts where three experts can look at the stats and watch the game and go, how, how did Jacksonville State win by that much? Well, they, they it, won by that much, Coach, because of chunk plays. With something Chunk that plays. you love to talk yeah. about. I, I mean, we it. look at we look at passes of 35, 58, 55, 34, runs for 60. Like, a, like Zion Webb, the quarterback for Jacksonville State, took off for a 67-yard touchdown at one point. I mean, come on Chunk, now. Chunk, Chunk plays, plays. kind of skewed the, skewed the stats a Yeah, and bit, so you but... look at it, I mean, like, you know, 239 yards on 15 attempts passing. That's 16 yards per attempt. Those numbers mm-hmm. are astronomical, but that's all because of these chunk plays, right? And that's mm-hmm. where the, different, the, the talent gap comes in. We talked about the talent gap earlier between Southern Illinois and South Dakota State. This is the real talent gap. 
scholarship versus non-scholarship school, Jacksonville State in an upper echelon FCS program versus, you know, a non-scholarship school as great, as well coached as Davidson is and as fundamentally sound as they have been this year, especially in that offense that we've seen them push through this season. You know, Jacksonville State just has dudes that are bigger, faster, and stronger. And at the end of the day, there's only so much good coaching that you can do to minimize that talent gap. That's why we see them. That's why we see Davidson have more first downs, be able to, you know, do a lot of, you know, have a lot of positive outcomes. Hold the ball. They held the ball for more than twice as much time as Jacksonville State did. The time of possession was 42 minutes to 18 minutes in this one. Chunk plays. But it's chunk (laughs) plays. It's those big, bad chunk plays, Coach. And you know as well as anyone that that is how you can just completely deflate a team in the blink of an eye. Yeah, I mean, you you combine that with physics and genetics. Yeah, those, those dudes are just built different over there at Jacksonville State. They, they. I hate that called... term. Oh my god! Every single, <laughs> every single kid you see on Instagram and Twitter is like built yeah. different. Built. No, you're not yeah. built different. You're you're built the exact same way. Like you're made up of the same freaking molecules that all of us nah, are. No, nah, it's up. different molecules, man. Different molecules. No. Yeah, I, I I thought I'd get that in for you, but no, they they really are like they. It, it's recruiting versus not really recruiting. <laughs> so, I mean, it's as simple as that. And you get these chunk plays. I hate using that buzzword now. I feel like it's a buzzword now. Um, but it's true. Chunk plays, explosives, whatever you want to call it. it they're back. They're backbreakers. And th- th- there's a reason why you can get some momentum. And you chunk plays equal scoring in bunches, which also equals not very much time of possession, which also equals... Your defense is going to be tired, but they're going to be happy about it because there's a lot to a little. And and so, Davidson, I, I got to tip my cap to Davidson. They they had they made a hell of a run. They 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 made the game. They were in the game. They competed. They played hard the whole way. It's just sometimes you're sometimes you're on the wrong end of that. And and, and they didn't give up. They they scrapped all the way. They got a cosmetic touchdown. All albeit at the end of the game. Um, they, just, they ended on a high note at, uh, at Davidson, or as high of a note as you can in a yep. blowout. But yep. uh, I, I was impressed with Davidson, and I, I think if they continue on this path, they're going to be a lot better. Maybe they'll mm-hmm. win one of these. Yeah, I mean, there is if they get the right matchup in the right year, and you know they, they are able to recruit the kind of kids who want to go to. You know, in a, an elite academic institution. Let's not get it wrong. Like they got to figure out Davidson how Wofford College does it. Davidson College is an outstanding academic institution. Mm-hmm. It's one of the, you know, academically, it's one of the best colleges in the South. Maybe they can hire Steph Curry as their head coach. <sighs> I mean, um, even for football, yes. No, they got to figure out how Wofford recruits because Wofford, I don't know how Wofford does it. I mean, uh, granted, they weren't in the playoffs this year, but they're normally in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Wofford looks like a high school team. It, I, I've seen them practice on multiple occasions. They look like a freaking high school team and they win. So Davidson's got to go find that cookbook that that Wofford has. I, I think that's the recipe for them. Well, let's look forward to this weekend. Uh, we've got well, that Jacksonville. I just want to type. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry on the on the Pioneer. Just real, real quick. Um, a very interesting collection of universities uh, for people that aren't 
in the know. Uh, Butler. The Toreros. I mean, the Toreros yeah, are yeah. the team everyone knows from the Pioneer League. Yeah. But, Butler's in this league, a little bit more famous as a basketball school. Davidson, we've talked about. Basketball uh, school. Yeah. The, uh, the team with the most championships historically from this conference, University of Dayton. Uh, Marist. Fires. Yeah. Marist College up in Poughkeepsie. Red New Foxes. York. Yeah. Uh, Moorhead State's the only public school in this collection. But also non-scholarship. Yeah. Yep. University of San Diego. Toreros. Yep. The Hatters down there at Stetson. Uh, Valparaiso. They're going to add Presbyterian. And uh, very interesting, University of St. Thomas, who was uh, kicked out of Division Three for, for being, being too, too good. good. <laughs> uh, so kind of an interesting collection. And then uh, the team that I always root for in the Pioneer, I, I skipped over them uh, because their path to Pioneer football is rather interesting. Uh, Drake University. Uh, we've talked about uh, them before. Des Moines, um, Iowa. Yeah, but uh, they used to be uh, a decent little uh, mini power here in football. They were actually in the Missouri Valley uh, back when, like, Oklahoma A&M and Oklahoma State, as they're now known, was in it. Um, and they had a really good player who was a favorite for the Heisman named Johnny Bright who was black and Oklahoma's coach said to uh, get him out of the game <laughs> um, and then use the N-word and it was racially motivated. Um, and after the game, when his, he was you know, terribly injured in the game, uh, this was back in 1951, Drake asked uh, the league, they're like, hey, are you going to do something about that? And the league said no. And some of the other schools were like, uh, that's that's not good. <laughs> and and uh, Drake and Bradley ultimately pieced out, left the conference. And um, eventually Drake was like de-emphasizing football and stopped offering scholarships for it. Um, Bradley also... Uh, just close their football program. Say, I don't think they the, have a program anymore. So yeah, they they closed it down back in the nineteen seventies. But um, yeah, uh, Oklahoma State eventually did offer an apology. Uh, the president of Drake politely declined because um, you know waiting waiting seventy years to apologize is not really an apology. Yeah. So maybe they can get some of that T Boone Pickens money to uh, make up for it. Yeah. So. Drake is always uh, near and dear to our family's hearts. Uh, and in fact, my cousin is about to head off there. She's going to play on their soccer team. So there's oh, a shout, good for out. Her. shout out to my cousin and a uh, future Drake Bulldog. There you go. There you go. And a home of one of the best track meets in America every year. We uh, we did not make it this year due to COVID. They, uh, they were doing some socially distant seating and it, it just wasn't in the cards for us. So this was our... First year that we haven't gone since so probably the seventies. <laughs> a member of our family. Wow. So that's uh, that, that's really saying something. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, we're we're going to have to make an awkward transition to talking about this uh, elite eight game between Delaware and Jacksonville State. Uh, do I think we all did we all pick Delaware to make the final four? I know I did. I know Josh did. Coach, did. I can't remember if you picked Jacksonville State or Delaware. To, uh, Pretty make... sure I probably picked Delaware. Yeah. Um, anyone gonna hedge Oops. their bet, or are we all still riding with the Blue Hens? 
that's not our style. You know, we're going to ride or die. Um, okay. I'm ride or die. Yeah. The, the, the pick's not looking good right now because Jacksonville State was on point and yes. Delaware wasn't. But uh, that's not how we do things. We're going we're gonna to go down swinging. So I, I think if there's one, if there's one sort of silver line to that, Delaware's defense still showed up. Delaware's rush defense showed up. And if I'm playing against Jacksonville State, I want my rush defense to show up. That's a team that likes to run the ball. Yes, they will use the pass. But I think they they got those big chunk plays because they had that talent gap. There is no there is a much smaller talent gap here. I would say yes. And the talent gap is up front. Jacksonville State has a superior offensive line to anyone in this bracket, I think. Yeah. I think, though, that Delaware is the better coach team. I think yes. that De- Delaware is the team that they will stick to their game plan and they will be able to execute no matter what is thrown at them. So it's going to be, this is going to be a classic battle of, you know, uh, nature versus nurture, if you will, right? (laughs) Talent versus coaching. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall on the nurture side just because I'm going with Delaware. I think we're all going with Delaware, but I think the potential of Delaware is, is great because we know we've seen what they can do. Mm-hmm. We've seen what they're capable of. We're seeing that they can have just an explosive an offense as Jacksonville State. They're not they're not in sync right now and and their defense is carrying them and the fact that they take care of the ball, they play fundamentally sound, they're just a little off means that when they're on, they're going to be on and mm-hmm. and and uh well they better figure that out pretty quickly they better not they better not be off this week but um you know for, for anybody to say that this is going to be a runaway for for jacksonville state is wrong to say that anyone for anyone to say that delaware is going to win this game probably could be wrong too i think this is going to be well evenly matched game defensively i, I think this is where it's going to i think this is where the keys are going to lie uh the key is going to be takeaways I know you're looking at me funny, Matt. But, no, I, I'm looking um, at some stats in front of me funny. I just think that, yeah, well, you take mentioned takeaways. And yeah. Jacksonville State is way sloppier than Delaware is. Exactly. And, and, and that's going to be the difference. That's going to be the difference because both teams are capable of chunk plays. And, you know, it's just going to come down to takeaways and, and giveaways and uh, turnovers. You know, whoever wins the turnover margin here, I, I think, is going to have the slight edge. I really need to get an audio drop for chunk plays. So, um, chunk please. I like the way you said it before chunk please, chunk please. Yeah, there you go. Chunks, they're getting them in chunks, they're scoring in bunches. Uh, they're, they're going up against the Tampa, too. What, what else can I say that's buzzword cringy? Well, I mean, Tampa, too. Tell me, Tampa, too, hasn't been in vogue for two decades now. I mean, come on, it's all about, I, that. I, it's all about that Tampa three, baby. So, no, I, I was it. No, I. <laughs> There was a conversation I, I overheard, and this guy was like trying to sound like he was like was like a genius at football, you know. You know how some people can like talk the talk, but you know, there's some people that talk the talk and don't really know what they're saying. And this guy's like, "Yeah, he's he trying to impress this girl too." I, I could see it happening. I turn I turn around I'm like, "Oh, this is gonna be good," and he's like, "Yeah, you know." The quarterback's got to make a split decision, you know, whether it's man to man or Tampa two. 
<laughs> and I'm like, Coach, I, why are you telling about the time we hung out earlier this week? Oh, I didn't mean to put you on blast, Josh. <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on blast. That gr- that girl you were talking to, man, it's, you know. I mean, Josh, you already lived with you her, though. I mean, you, why, why are you still trying to impress her with, uh, with, with, yeah. with football knowledge? Seriously. Did you have any success? <laughs> no, unfortunately. Uh, well, yeah, I do, mean, do, do, do I, you I know can't... why? Do you know, Coach, you know why he didn't have any success? Because he's an Iowa fan. And no, because he's, he's got you... Bryant Ferentz. <laughs> no, because she, cause she, only, she only runs uh, Cover Zero. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she's she's strict cover zero. She's full cover zero, pressure. Man to man max pressure. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, Josh is living in Brian Ferentz world. He's got the Brian Ferentz syndrome. Tampa two is the Brian Ferentz of defense. At it this is. point. At, at this it point. Is. Running at Tampa it two is. is running is is the Brian Ferentz defensive scheme you know you know what's in vogue and i still don't understand it so i can't really talk about it but i can i can say it this is the one thing i i say that's like buzzword cringy that i really don't know what i'm saying cover seven it's the nick saban cover seven defense i have no idea what it is right now isn't it like isn't it like quarters one half and then like cover two on the other half kind of no no it's it's like match quarters where they i think they key in on number two and they kind of match coverage with with they they route match pattern match i think is is some sort of some sort of deal like that it's like a hybrid of quarters and man or something Mm -hmm. like that i I think yeah yeah i I, 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 i thought it was like quarter i thought it was like Quarter. I thought it was like quarters on like quarters on the strong side, and then you have that's like, cover. That's cover six. Quarter, quarter, half. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's what Georgia played in second twenty six. I hate I hate cover six now. Well, because quarter, 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 half. The half safety came down on a tight end, which he should never do. Mm-mm. If you're playing, you're the deep last half. man. You're the last man. Yeah. You, you got you got to stay with Devonta Smith. Yeah, you come down. You come down from your deep half to cover a tight end that. I could have tackled, and Devontae Smith. I don't know. He won a Heisman. Runs right by you. He's okay. Touchdown. He was okay. He's all right. He's, He's all right. He was just a freshman. You know. <sighs> well, coach, but, we we I, I, we don't need to make you live that, uh, relive that. I should say. But uh, if you were to, right. you'd probably be more comfortable re- rewatching that while you're wearing some Canon sunglasses. Yes. Yes. Because I can't see it. Yeah. There you go. They're so good. Because they're polarized. It's time to make your outdoor or your rewatching of some of those painful moments in your life experiences better with Canon. Canon sunglasses made exclusively with polarized lenses with for optimal clarity. Those Japanese optics make their lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger. Plus, they're made with Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. So use the exclusive code KananCast15 at Kanan.com to receive a 15% off on your first pair of sunglasses. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. Kanan, clearly better. Go get your hands on some of those sunglasses, especially, especially if you're going to be in person uh, to watch any of the games this coming weekend. Let's head on over to the other side of the bracket now. They're the South Dakota State of the sunglass world. Oh, that's a <laughs> that's a good call. They came into the year as a little bit of a dark horse, but now they're the number one seed. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, that's it. They burst onto the scene. Now, now they're everywhere. I think before we do that, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a flag challenge. You're, you're flag throwing a challenge the, flag on the play. Yeah. Uh oh. I, I think I need. 
I think I need a minute. Do you? Yeah. I need to just escape from the world for a moment. Okay. I need to head up. I need to head up to uh, University Mount, of New England. No, I need to head up to Mount In Desert. Biddeford? No, I'm heading up to Mount Desert, Maine. They're a Division three school. There we go. They Mount Desert, Maine. Three. Have you been there, Matt? Uh, I don't. That is actually a one place in Maine I have not been. Well, it's a town on Mount Desert Island. Just FYI. Oh, now, Mount Desert Island. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. hey, you know hey, what? Rip. You know what? That's where Acadia National Park is, and I have been to Acadia National Park. So mm. I've been hey, through r- it, but I have not been to it. Well, hey. did you know that Mount Desert is a part of the Mount Desert Island uh, School District? No, which has Mount Desert. I mean Island that that high that makes sense. Now this high school is pretty cool for uh, not being in the largest town or the largest district. No, definitely de- de- definitely not no. Mount Desert, Maine. No. Uh, no. I can't imagine but, a ton of he- people that live there. But hey, I mean look, it's no Atlanta, Georgia, but you know. Look, this team, this school has some cool stuff though about it. Did you know they that have one of the most, they have the most, one of the most successful swimming and diving teams in the entire state? I mean, they have a whole ocean to dive into right there. I'm not surprised. The uh, the men's team has won a whole bunch of state titles. Most recently, 2020. The women's team, four titles. Most recently, 2020. Now has here's this for some cool stuff since. 2019, they converted to relying solely on solar energy for their school. Oh. So Mount, Mount Desert, Maine, we just did a little minute over there, Mount Desert Island High School. Well done, Trojans. That was my alma mater as well, the Iowa City West High Trojans. Oh, well, you know what? So got some Trojan pride. I there. think that uh, I would love to go back there. Cadian National Park is uh, one of the most beautiful places in the country, and frankly... Another venue we should be doing a live show from. I think we maybe we can get uh, the whole whole thing powered by the uh, the solar grid that's powering the Mount Desert High School. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but it's funny that you should mention the great state of Maine, Josh. Mm. Uh, hey Matt, I got a trivia question for hit you. Me. University of New England. What's their mascot? The University of New England in Biddeford, Maine. <sighs> division three. They compete in Division three. They actually have. Uh, they actually have a female on staff. The one of, it was one of their assistant coaches. Uh, she was featured in the Portland News. Pretty cool. That is they are, that is Biddeford, Maine. That is tough. Is the home to the New Eng- University of New England? They're, oh. they're not an animal. They're not. Wait, they're not an animal. Are they? They're not an animal. So they're not like a type of person either. They're not like like the Rough Riders. Or they're something. not a person. They're not an animal. Are they like a tree? Are they are, are they ab- the, like the, the pines or the evergreens? Nothing about them is living. Are, are they a storm like hurricanes or they or cyclones? are a weather system? Yes. W- oh, they're the nor'easters. The nor'easters. The nor'easters. Yes, they are, sir. They're, they're nice. blue. The, they, they, nice. Their colors I'm glad are I blue asked that and white. Oh, I love it. I absolutely great question. I absolutely love it. Great question, uh, um, gentlemen. Speaking of yes. Maine, though, um, our friend Kate is back with some more. Guess with, who's with, back? with some more? They have blue turf. They have blue turf. The nor'easters have blue turf. I love the school already. Uh, coach, <laughs> is that where you're going to be taking your next coaching gig? 
Yeah. I mean, if if you I'll wear cold weather gear year if round. You wear, if 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 you go to Biddeford, I might have to uh, might have to follow you up there. Um, we get yeah. they're a Nike school too. We uh, we can be hanging out with Kate when we're up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's Kate have to say? Uh, Kate, how you doing? Uh, well, apparently she's good, and and she she uh, she writes in talking about the state bird of Maine. Mm. Josh, I know you uh, you're going to appreciate this. Now, one of the jokes about the state of Maine is that the state bird is the mosquito. Because if you've ever been to any of the forests in Maine, you will be covered in mosquito bites uh, before you can say, uh, go back home, maniac. (laughs) But she writes, tourists can be forgiven for mistaking the mosquitoes in Maine for being the Maine state bird. They are huge and hungry and have many different varieties at different times of year. Though the females of all the varieties are always happy to take a blood sample from the most hard-to-itch spot that they can find. They do not discriminate whether it's a local, a new manor, or from away. All blood is good blood, and they're happy to have yours. For those of you who are finding yourself surprised by this news, please let me know that the mosquito cannot be the main state bird because it's an insect, obviously. The main state bird is the ever-present black-capped chickadee. Though only slightly larger than the mosquitoes, they are verifiably birds. Though they are omnivorous, they prefer to eat insects like the mosquitoes and seeds rather than the human components that their insect companions do. Indeed, the mosquito is not even the main state insect. There is actually a main state insect. That is the honeybee. Then she writes, I for one, I for one am doing what I can to replace my lawn with wildflowers that will attract honeybees and eventually spare me the need to mow the lawn. That won't unfortunately spare me from the mosquitoes, but it may attract visitors who the mosquitoes can feed on instead of yours truly. Thanks, Kate. We appreciate it. Appreciate the love. Appreciate the support. And uh, we are here for all things main facts, main culture. And uh, moving forward with that. So, um, gentlemen, that is, uh, I guess that, that that's a main five minutes for you. But ain't nothing wrong with that. Thoughts, Josh? Well, uh, I mean, I'm just worried the other New England states are going to be feeling left out. They might. You know? They might, but that's their problem. Well... That's the rules of our podcast. When we start a bit, we 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 don't ever give it up. I mean, <laughs> no. Why? Why would we though? So ranks up there with uh, the Kansas track and uh, burying the lead. lead. I mean, the, Kansas, definitely... the Kansas track will live forever. And it, it, it'll never die. So <laughs> it's been, it's been torn up since two thousand eight. But it, it, but Josh, <laughs> it'll never die. True. So um, let's talk about uh, a game from the, I guess I would, I would call it the southeast portion of, of the quadrant of the bracket. But uh, one of the more exciting games of the weekend, not necessarily by score, but in terms of prestige, North Dakota State, Eastern Washington, two of the better known FCS programs faced off. This was a game in the first half. Uh, Eastern Washington raced out to a 20-7 to lead. Before uh, North Dakota State did the classic 35 nothing run and absolutely dominated, dominated the second half of the game. 
they just mauled up front. It, it was an offensive line clinic in this game. 422 rushing yards. Yeah. Four. I'm going to repeat that. 422 rushing yards. 7.4 yards per carry. Four scores on the ground. Um, North Dakota State has now moved to Cam Miller as their starting quarterback. And you know what? I don't blame him. My question, Coach, is will the real North Dakota State Bison please stand up? Because this is... Looks like they did this week. Well, Um, here's the thing. What is this real team? We've seen them struggle a couple times this year. We saw them get beat by South Dakota State. We saw them get beat by Southern Illinois. Then they come out and just absolutely spank the crap out of Eastern Washington. I don't know what the real North Dakota State Bison are right now. I, I can tell you they're a team that's going to try to mash you. And if you if you stop the run, if you commit to stopping that's, the run and force so them to throw it home, it, it is. But it can be done. They've struggled. Teams have stopped the run against them. Eastern Washington has obviously been not listening to the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast because they would know that they need to force North Dakota State to pass. They did not. They got mauled up front. It was brutal to watch. But if North Dakota State gets rolling like that, they don't really have to throw. So what do you, what do, you do, Coach? Play the old 4-6 defense? I mean, what's... I guess so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, load the box, play, play straight man, and, and say, okay, beat us. Come on, beat us. I mean, they're they're running thirty one personnel, a gap power, for chunk plays, and <laughs> it's it's like like come on, man! Like, I mean, I know it's easier said than done, but I mean, the film's out there, the tape is out there. Teams that beat them, they make it difficult on them to run. They make them instead of five six yards of carry, it's two three yards of carry, and North Dakota State gets impatient and, and they get behind. They get behind the sticks and then they're screwed. It's like, it's like playing any of these option teams. Don't let them, don't let them get momentum. They will hold the ball. They'll rush for a ton of yards, and they will maul you up front, which is what they did. It goes back to that competition thing. They hadn't played enough mashing teams, and Eastern Washington was by far nowhere close to being physical enough to to hang in this game. Jeff? Yeah, I think Coach summed it up expertly. I mean, for Easter Washington, I think one thing that never helps is even if you're a pass-heavy team, which we all know Eastern Washington is, you got to at least make the team think a little bit about your running game. It's our biggest critique of the pirate we've had it for other teams and obviously when a, a school for instance like navy is 100 percent rushing we'll we'll do the opposite argument but my god eastern washington they could not run the ball worth a lick in this game and they just sort of as the game got away from them essentially gave it up which obviously score had a part of that to play a role but i mean 64 rushing yards on 31 carries that's uh, <laughs> That's not going to do anything. Um, you're just yeah, you're just wasting plays at that point. Uh, you got to find a way to be balanced. Um, obviously, every team's going to have their own ratio and what that balance looks like. But 
I can tell you if we had told the Eastern Washington coaching staff before the game, you guys are going to average two yards a carry on 31 attempts, they probably would have said uh, something's wrong with our offensive attack. They don't listen to our show. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, that's that. That's their problem, not ours. We 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 tried to tell them. I tried to tell them. You tried to tell them. Yeah, they won't listen. No one, no one listens to us for some reason. I don't know why. (laughs) They don't. Uh, Well, South Dakota State listened to. Well, yeah, clearly. I mean, they. I was the one who picked them at the beginning of the season. Now I'm starting to feel better and better and better about that. And and Delaware thinks that they have to for to give us something to talk about each week. They feel like they have to sleepwalk through (laughs) games, so they listen to us as well. Delaware State, Delaware. If you're listening, just just play hard from from the work go. Well, let's talk about just do let, it. Let's talk about the team that North Dakota State is going to have to play this weekend. Sam Houston State, the Bearcats with a K. Rawr. They beat Monmouth, and I'm a little disappointed. Can we make that a sound? Um, <laughs> we. I'm a little disappointed. I really like this Monmouth team. Their first loss of the season, and they. they you know what? They put up a good fight, but again, missed opportunities. Turnovers, turnovers, and missed opportunities. Turnovers, turnovers will kill you every single time. Monmouth, third and goal, fourth and goal at the Sam Houston State nine yard line, late in the fourth interception. Um, you know, Sam uh, Monmouth earlier in the game, another red zone interception. They're at the oh, Sam that Houston play thirteen. Was awful. He he was he all he had to do was just throw it mm-hmm. away, and he it. Oh my god! And it, it was one of those plays. I I kind of buried my head. I was like, really? I throw it away. Throw it away and take the points. It's early in the game, mm-hmm. right? Early yeah, in the game, I mean, points. we're in the first quarter, and I think it was even second down. Was it, was it third down? down? It was. It was third. Third down. It was, it, it was third and goal. Was. From so the, it was third and goal from the thirteen. They had, um, you know, they, they had gotten a, a, a big loss. They had gotten. A, they lost yardage on their first two plays. They started at the and, and he was being chased by like four yep, guys yep. too. So it just made a bad play worse. Thought he'd get cute and just flip it to somebody, and it ended up because you know what I. This Sam Houston State was ripe for the picking. Monmouth, 27 first downs to Sam Houston State's nine. They tripled them up. They had 150 yards more of total offense. They outplayed them. They doubled up time of of possession. They won in every single metric of this game. But but, But the turnovers, man... It's just absolutely well, brutal for the Hawks. I I, well, I came is, away thinking, Josh, that they, they were actually the better team. They and they, they very well could be. And this is the big concern for previewing our second round matchup. Sam Houston, undefeated, can score in bunches, dropped 71 on Nickel State, 62 on Lamar. 42 on Incarnate Word. The problem is their conference is terrible. And this was the first game against real competition. And you just ran through the stats, Matt. Sam Houston got outplayed. 
Sam Houston arguably should have lost. Monmouth was the better team. Monmouth's defense was incredible. And, well, what does this mean for Sam Houston? I, you know, I don't like to change my picks. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to hedge. I'm not going to suddenly say that last week's prediction was a joke. Uh, But it's... You know, if you if you're picking Sam Houston in your bracket, you got to be watching there and having my feeling, which is how in the world does this Bearcat team beat North Dakota State? I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to stick with my guns here, but it's going to be really, really tough because North Dakota State is the one thing they are is physical. They will punch you in the mouth and punch you in the mouth and punch you in the mouth again. And I don't know that Sam Houston State can withstand that. I don't know that they can. They could face barely. That they could physical. barely withstand it against Monmouth. I see. I picked Monmouth to come out of this quadrant of the bracket. And yeah, I'm mad because I feel like they should have won this game, and they would be the much better matchup. The much better matchup for North Dakota State. Yeah. Now North Dakota State's got to figure out a way to match the speed and, and explosiveness that Sam Houston can bring, but. I don't yeah. know. Like, I mean, the, and you know what? And, and the, the game is in Texas. It's in Huntsville. Mm-hmm. But still, man, I, I, I don't know. North, if, if North Dakota State's able to run the ball like they did this past weekend, Sam Houston State is Sam Houston State is not going to hold gun. I can get the ball. I mean, we could see North Dakota State with forty-five minutes of, of possession. Yeah, because I mean, the Bearcats don't play a ton of defense. Well, Donnelly did not play a ton of defense. Their offense is a quick. They have a quick scoring offense, right? Their mm-hmm. defense is going to be so tired. They're going to be so tired. They're going to get bludgeoned mm-hmm. to death. I, I just, I, I, I mean, you know, I wanted to pick against North Dakota State. They're making me regret picking against North Dakota State because here they are. They got a, they got a nice ticket to the semifinals now, and and they, their brand of football bodes well in the playoffs. It, that that this we're seeing why they're successful in the playoffs, uh-huh. right? They out physical you, yep, and they beat you up, they bully you, and they've been a better passing team, you know, in in, in their run with uh, Trey Lance, Carson Wentz, uh, Easton Stick, those guys. They've been better in the passing game than than they are this year. However, in their wins, they haven't needed to be. Like last week, they didn't need to be. This week. I have a hard time believing they're going to need to be, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take my L, and I'm gonna pick North Dakota State to win this game. Um, I'm gonna take my L. I'm taking my L. I'm not hedge. I'm not hedging. I'm taking my L. <laughs> How about that? There you go. Does that work? I mean that. I'm taking that my works. L. All right. North Dakota State is going to the semis. <sighs> Yeah, it, it really feels like it right now. Well, let, let's then move to the final quadrant and start That's with uh, the number two seed, the James, the Dukes. Dukes. Not the Dukies. Just the Dukes. Duke, Dukey V. Um, James Madison. The key debts of VMI put up a valiant effort there, really trying to come back hard in the fourth quarter. Fell, fell just a little bit short. Um, 
you know, just didn't have enough time left. Uh, you know, and James Madison ends up winning 31 to 24. VMI, though, they had a great season. I loved, I liked this VMI this team. This VMI team was a lot of fun. Um, you know, this was a offensive game. I mean, we had more than 900 total yards between the two teams. Uh, we had a bunch of turnovers, five combined turnovers. Uh, not a lot of penalties, which was nice in this one. VMI, as you would expect, a very disciplined team. But James Madison, you know, they're the better team. They've got more talent. That ends up being the difference in this one, especially when it comes to running the ball. James Madison, more than 300 yards on the ground, coach. And, mm-hmm. you know, th- yeah. this is starting to become, you know, I, I think that at least offensively, they're really starting to look like the James Madison team we've become accustomed to seeing over the last couple of years. They are. They, they are. They're so good. Uh, Jawan Hamilton had a 99-yard run, um, and they had 300 on the te- uh, as a team. And it just, it, it's impressive to watch just how, explosive they are in the run game uh they kind of like the whole myth of being a running team and it's three three yards in a cloud of dust and it's boring and you can't have an explosive offense if you're going to run more than you pass and james madison is destroying that narrative uh north dakota state destroyed that narrative this week it, it's it's the year of the run it seems like here in FCS and and uh, you know I'm, I'm I'm excited about this James Madison team not only do they do they have a massive rushing attack that can rip off 99 yard runs they also have the number one defense in FCS as well and they uh, their run defense is stout they don't give up anything and uh, they're going to put this to the test I mean we don't really need to talk about North Dakota. Missouri State. That was a blowout. So, um, well, well, Coach, I, I gotta gotta throw some shade at you for talking about the Duke's defense. I mean, my scrappy key debts. I thought that they they were my dark horse team. If you're wanting to pick a long odd upset, they had 400 yards against this team. They that's why f- it was impressive for the key debts. I they mean, had James, James yard, Madison has a yeah. great defense. The five yard rushing average. Uh, yeah. Per carry, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think for VMI, just you know, hats off to them. Incredible season. Uh, the difference in this game was, and I'm not going to go with the talent gap again. That's too easy. It's too easy to narrative. I don't think that was actually the story in this game. To me, the story in this game was James Madison expected to be in the playoffs, was up for the game, and VMI. The difference was up front, uh, I think. Yeah, the VMI had a little bit of stage fright. Two first-half interceptions. They were down 21-3 to at halftime. I think they got punched in that first half. And that's, whatever that's they did at halftime, yeah, whatever they did at halftime was awesome to make those adjustments, but it was... That's you know. what a number one defense does. When, when they're not playing their best in, in one aspect of the defense, they get takeaways. And they get their they get momentum somehow. That's how they do it. And hats off and hats off to VMI. They, yeah. they you know, they're very well coached. I, I I enjoyed watching them play it and run yeah. through the SoCon. I don't think this performance by James Madison necessarily wins next week though. Well, let's talk about that team no. that they're gonna play then because they're gonna play North, North Dakota, Dakota who, real impressive. 
Um, you want to talk about an impressive defensive mm. performance? And offensive performance. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think a little bit less so offensively. Um, they were fine offensively. I mean, they only had 369 total yards. They were only converted three for eleven on four, on third down. I mean, three for twelve if you go third and fourth down combined. Twenty five percent is not going to cut it. But yeah, but when you're when you're racking up points after points after points, and <laughs> why were they able to do that though, Coach? What's our what what what's our catchphrase of the day? Chunk plays, chunk plays. They were able so, to do that because. It also helped that they had a special team. Yeah, that doesn't hurt either. But when you have, (laughs) you know, passes for 48 yards, 50 yards, rushes for like more than 20 yards. I mean, like, it's it's the chunk place. It it, it was a chunk. It was another chunk place fest there um, for the Fighting Hawks. Yeah, it was. And what they're going to have to do next week is... You know, when they went up against a team that's similarly built, like North Dakota State, it, it is a good comparison as far as how they're built to James Madison. James Madison obviously plays a lot better and has is a lot more balanced than North Dakota State is. However, North Dakota State lost. They could not control the clock. They could not stop their run. They could not get first downs when it mattered. And that's how that, that made the difference in that game. Against James Madison, they're... You know, James Madison is going to use that same formula, I think. They're going to figure out, and that's what this game's going to come down to because both yeah. these teams are, again, they're, they're, they are the configurations of these teams and what they're good at is very similar. And, you know, North Dakota, one of the stats that jumped out to me is uh, they lead all of FCS in fewest tackles for loss allowed. Um. Just think about that for a second. You know, a, a, you know that's how you stay ahead of the mm-hmm. chains. That's mm-hmm. how you're able to have success. You get positive plays on first and second down. It either moves the chains or it leaves you in a third and manageable. And that can, you know, that right there can help you in, in a game like this where you need desperately to control the clock. You need desperately to play field position. You need points are going to probably be at a premium, to be honest with you, because uh, both defense both defenses can play, both teams can run. So this game is going to be short, and points are going to be at a premium. And whoever controls that clock and whoever takes care of the ball is going to win this game. Well, I'll tell you one player who's really <laughs> having ball security this year: that North Dakota quarterback, freshman Tommy Schuster. Schuster. Yeah. 10 touchdowns, just three interceptions on the year, a 66% completion percentage. He went 13 of 18 as he sliced and diced Missouri State. Uh I just I was blown away by North Dakota. They were a team that I was a little worried about because uh they had their last four games canceled. Yeah, they hadn't played, they hadn't a month. played yeah, they hadn't played since March 20th. I didn't know how sharp they would be, but they are back to what they were at the start of the year. And just a refresher on what they were in the start of the year, they blew out Southern Illinois, a team that's in the Elite Eight. They beat by double digits 
Overall one seed, South Dakota State. They roughed up South Dakota. They roughed up Western Illinois. And yes, North Dakota State got them, but it was on the road. They played okay, not amazing in their three-touchdown loss in that game. They, there was a few flashes of, of things that North Dakota did well in that game despite lopsided victory. So they're battle-hardened. They've played three teams here in the Elite Eight and have beat two of them. This is not a cakewalk for the Dukes. And if I was super worried about my Bearcat pick in the last region, I am insanely worried about my Dukes pick in this region. The Missouri State, or the Missouri State, the Missouri Valley in this tournament has been absolutely phenomenal. Their only first round loss was. Missouri State to a fellow conference team. It's it's scary. Yeah, I mean they're they're the conference is battle tested. I mean, you know, I, one of my regrets is not going with the Missouri Valley Conference. I mean, I think you know you're you're going to see these teams are week in and week out. They know how to slug. They know how to fight. They know how to grind, and they know how to. I don't know. They just do a lot of things well and. North Dakota made a great decision coming from the Big Sky over to the Missouri Valley because it's gonna it's gonna pay dividends for them. Do I think they beat James Madison? Not necessarily. Do I think it's a runaway for James Madison? No, not at all. Uh, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to do some things. You know, they're gonna have to adjust better at halftime. I I, I thought, um, you know, I, I thought they got out coached a little bit against VMI. Fortunately for the Dukes, it didn't it didn't bite them in the in the ass, but. You know, for North Dakota, I, I've been impressed with them. I, I watched, I watched them in their first game uh, because the the SoCon games were horrendously boring. So I, I ended up watching North Dakota versus Southern Illinois. Knew nothing about either team really, and I was like, I'll just check this out. I want to see what North Dakota looks like because uh, we previewed them and that they're intriguing. And so I watched them. I was like, damn, this team, this team can go, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I I left out of that game going. Not ever thinking in a million years that the Salukis would be in the Elite Eight and North Dakota would be in the Elite Eight, but I'm like, good lord! Well, here we are, and you know, we there's, there's a so chance we that are. we see three of the Final Four teams coming from the MVFC. We're guaranteed one because South Dakota State and Southern Illinois are playing each other. Um, you mm-hmm. know, we could see. You know, we also could see two. Colonial teams in there, Delaware and James Madison. Um, yep. You know, we've got a chance for an OVC in the Southland as well. It's going to be wild, mm-hmm. guys. It's going to be absolutely wild. So uh, I think, though, that is uh, about where we're going to have to wrap up today here, gents. Oh, I've got a teeny tiny barrier in the lead. Very, very teeny what tiny happened? one. Arkansas had their spring game. Well, yes, ago. it is. It is football in Arkansas related. The the baseball mm-hmm. one was just a detour out of necessity. But this is actually some interesting portal update. Uh, Illinois State's highly, highly, highly sought after defensive tackle John Ridgeway talked about this yesterday on the Coaching Chatter podcast. Pick. There we go. Shout out to you. Yeah, we you did pick. not bury the lead. <laughs> I know. Well, that's because you're an SEC show. We're a whole national show. Uh, but anyway, yeah, the the highly sought after John Ridgeway uh, picked the Hogs over the Wolverines, another 
banner moment for Harbaugh. I guess he didn't uh, camp out at his house long enough. <laughs> Harbaugh. <laughs> good for Michigan for keeping him. Oh, good lord. All right, guys. Full full sarcasm in, intended. Sarcasm in full effect. All right, guys. Well, that's going to mm-hmm. do it for this 260th edition. 260, guys. Man, we're just mm-hmm. chugging right along. I love it. Mm-hmm. We have about six good ones. So, so when we get to the 500 mark, is that when our million dollar checks come? Uh, I thought it was when we. I thought it was when we hit. Uh, I thought it was when we hit 261. I thought, uh, <laughs> I thought it was when we hit. Uh, I thought it was when we hit uh, 444. But what do I know? Hey, I'll take that. I'll take that. So that is going to do it though for us here on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. So presented by BetOnline.ag on behalf. Of our own offensive coordinator, the coach Corey Burton in Nashville, Tennessee, and mm-hmm. our intrepid blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook, up there in Chicago, Illinois. This is the Professor Emeritus in the Music City saying so long and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Go Nor'easters. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.